Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is your main man, a.k.a. Crazy Crockett, a.k.a. Andre's Podcast. Your main man of the hour, 25 minutes or 35 minutes, so however long I want this to be. As I'm watching this baseball game of the Tampa Bay and the White Sox, Tampa Bay made a comeback from 4-2 to two in the bottom of the 8th. And this is amazing how bad White Sox is or are or whatever, how you want to pronounce that uh, adverb or verb. I don't know if I said that correctly. But uh, if if you're a Tampa Bay Rays fan, you should be very happy. Again, Tampa Bay Rays is a team that uh, is in Tampa and no one watches their games. Excellent team. Should they go somewhere else? I think they should. I really do. I don't understand why would you go play baseball or have a baseball team where the fan base are like 85 year, years and older, where you, all your fan base are not even going to watch your game. And you're too close to Orlando, so you, all, the, all the youngsters are going to see Disney World. And, uh, yeah, so and everyone that vacations in in Florida are not going to watch your baseball game. Probably one of the best franchises as of right now is Tampa Bay. If if I were you, if you were a bet man, I would bet 7 out of 10 times that the Tampa Bay plays in a week and a half. I would bet on them to win the game. It, they just will. They just will. And, uh, well, as I'm about to talk about baseball, I want to thank everyone out there that's been listening to my podcast. I guess I hit 200 uh, downloads or listeners or whatever. And as a podcaster to this, as a new podcaster, I'd like to thank uh, Busbrow for distributing my uh, podcast to other uh um platforms like Spotify, Apple, uh I can't mention anyone else in my top of my head. Uh again, if you're first time listeners, I do this podcast for cause uh for people who are somewhat disabled. Uh I'm partly disabled. I have a voice. I want to be heard. Um uh, as a person with a disability uh, some form of cerebral palsy or stroke. Uh, people don't seem to really want to listen or hang or uh, hang out with me in any way, shape, and form. So this is my way of uh, addressing ideas and uh, our uh, thoughts in my head. As most of you know, I'm a sports guy. My favorite thing to do is is uh is watch baseball at times. I'm a music guy too. I have no music skills. Uh, again, with some form of cerebral palsy, it's very difficult to play instruments. Uh, but I'm really, I am really doing this for people who have some form of disability. So if you're out there listening for the first time or a hundredth time, uh, be free to reach out to me. Um, I'll try to give you a good 
feedback, good uh, uh, understanding about your life, and uh, maybe by listening to me, we'll give you ins- inspiration to come up with your own podcast. But, all right, let's go back to baseball. So, one thing I do not enjoy about baseball right now is is how high the, uh, the scores are. As I'm talking to you right now, the score for the Tampa Bay and the White Sox game was 4-2 going into or going into the eighth inning. Now the score is 9-5 Tampa Bay. And, and in this case, the bullpen fell apart for the White Sox, where in other cases, it's the starting pitchers who are not doing so well. So this is something that I think that baseball, uh, minor leaguers, coaches, even even the Major League Baseball uh, associations should address that these scores are way too high. I get it that they want to be entertainment. They want to compete with the NBA. They want to compete with the fake sport of WWE. They need action. I get that. But to score 9-5, and it's just ridiculous. I just think pitching needs to be more addressed. I think pitchers need to have better stuff by throwing the ball in the corners of the of of the play of the strike zone, uh, knowing how to throw different uh, type of speeds, understanding different type of players, their strong their strong points and their weak points. I think they just need to they need to protect the integrity of the game. And by the integrity of the game is like is that is that they need to understand that not everyone likes baseball, but to try to make it compete with basketball. And to tell you the truth, no one's really watching basketball anymore. And that's another story into it. But I like the idea that they have the clock there to to speed up the game. Because if you're a baseball guy, you don't care how long the game lasts. But if you're not a baseball guy, there's no reason to go watch a game for four hours or, I mean, three and a half hours of some sort from 1 to 4 or 1 to 4.30 or whatever. So saying that, I think they should do, well, because they speed up the game, I think they speed up the game a little bit too fast. For example, one of the things I don't like about it this new rules is that if a if a batter is at first base, the pitcher only has three opportunities to throw to to first base or second, wherever the wherever the pitcher is at. But profoundly, we're talking about first base, and I think that when you only allow the pitcher to throw to first base, then you're allowing the team that's up to bat predict 
or still to second base without much of a problem. And I and I really do think that because you're only allowing the pitcher only to throw the first base three times, by the second time that he throws his first base with with a runner there, the the runner on first was still to second within th- within the next pitch of the pitcher's thrown to home plate, which is obvious. I've seen plenty of games that that has happened. So it's a bit too obvious for me to see that. Please stop doing that. I just I just think that's taken away from baseball. And it's making the pitchers throw differently with having to throw to only to be able to throw the ball to first base three different times. But I think I have a solution for that. I think as long as they keep up the speed of the of the game where they're on the clock, you should be able to throw the ball to first base as many times as you want to. Now, maybe what they should do is go with no one on, with no one on, go twenty five, go uh, go twenty five seconds with no one on. And then go about 20 seconds with a runner on first base. But that way, that way, the game keeps speeding up and the pitcher is allowed to throw to first base as many times. And this way, the batter, I mean, this way, the runner cannot predict or the runner doesn't have the opportunity to steal second base as it's easy as he has it now, if that makes sense. So I think with the runners on, you you still have the 20-second clock rule. With no one on base, you have 25 seconds. And then the with the runner on, you're allowed to throw to to first base as many times so that it's not as easy as it is to steal to second. Because now you don't have that limited time, times to throw to first base. So, so as I'm watching this game, um, the Rays' uh, closer or one of those closers uh, gave up a hit, and now the score is nine to six with one out. So. At this point, if you're a Tampa Bay fan, you're doing, you're still doing all right. In today's game on Sunday afternoon, on April the thirtieth. All right, we talked about that a little bit. We talked about baseball a little bit. We talked about how it should change a little bit. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about the Detroit Lions draft uh what can i say what can i say uh i think they kind of blew it i think there's a lot of i think a lot of things happened within a week ago of the draft before the draft and it was clear in the off season they didn't re-sign uh jamal williams 
and now he's with uh New Orleans Saints. Now the numbers are average, pretty good. Uh seventeen rushing tackle on the touchdowns. Uh one of the team premier teammates of the team and you don't sign them. Now, I want people to remember in the beginning of 2022's uh, training camp for the Detroit Lions, they had uh, the Hard Knocks on HBO. And I said something about watching those episodes. I said, one, I think it's a bit ridiculous how weird and macho Dan Campbell is. But second, but second, I've noticed that one of those episodes was Swift. And Swift is the, the running back for Detroit. Well, it was the running back for Detroit in 2022. And he was traded to the Eagles of this year, 2023. But I noticed that when they were talking to Swift or the other running backs to run really hard and tough and all this stuff, I noticed that Swift looked kind of like, ah, not, I don't want to do that. That's not my cup of tea. I do not want to, I just do not want to get hit. And to tell you the truth, I kind of saw that in the regular season. So I think with Swift, he should have had more touchdowns or just as many as Jamal Williams. And remember, Jamal Williams was supposed to be a supporting cast to Swift. And it became apparently that Williams became the premier runner for that for Detroit Lions, especially for for first downs or touchdowns and and so on and so forth. Now saying that they Detroit also Detroit also traded Detroit also traded Hawkinson in the in in the off season. So they gave up a tight end and because because the rules the rule is that they did that because they didn't want to deal with it with an extended contract with Hawkinson when he's going to be a free agent of this year or last year, whatever. But still, by doing that, you kind of screw Jared Goff. Because my theory is this. It's about chemistry of the team. So if Jamal Williams was the chemistry of the team that was very positive, that brought the team together, it's obvious that you should keep him. And he had 17 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. And I think that's a new record. For Detroit, and I think Barry Sanders had that record for the longest time. But I'm telling you, this this treatment of running backs is very familiar for Detroit. Remember, we had Billy Sims. They ran him like an ox. He got hurt, and he's and it was done. They had Barry Sanders. They didn't protect him by not signing certain. Offense line guys for him to run behind them. They didn't protect Barry Sanders as a running back 
by starting Scott Mitchell, who couldn't throw the football to save his life. And now you have Swift and Williams, who are now former Detroit Lions, and there's no sense of loyalty or respect to your teammates or to your to your players. And players, they get that feed. They get they 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 know they they know that feeling of disrespect. And when you disrespect your players, other players are going to start to leave. And uh, but saying that. Detroit had a number six pick and the number 18th pick in the first round. So, so this is what happened, folks. So, Detroit gave up their draft pick and went down to 12. They picked up Jamar Gibbs from Alabama, running back. Uh, I guess he had an impressive 4.3 uh uh, speed. Uh, they tell us that he has, he's got he's got great talent. The run between the tackles, and he's an excellent uh, receiver for the passing re- uh, for the passing game. Uh, he's a three down running back. But does he have the heart? Does he have the soul of Detroit? Does he have the the toughness that? that Mr. Campbell wants. Now again, I'm going to tell you this. And I'm going to tell you this for the 100th time. You don't, if you don't have toughness in the NFL, and if you don't have, so if you get into the NFL and you don't have that toughness, you're not going to make it. And that's kind of what happened to Swift. He just, he just didn't have that toughness. Now, Jamar Williams probably had t- toughness. Billy Sims had toughness. Barry Sanders, he had uh, physique. Uh, he could walk on water, basically. He had toughness, but he, had, but he was a muscle man. He had big thighs. He had it all. Everything. So this is my man. This is my man. Yes, I do like Barry Sanders. Yes, do I think he gave up in Detroit. The way he did was awful. Yes. But Jamar, uh, but Jamar Gibbs and the number draft, uh, 12 draft pick, they, some people think that he would have still would have been there for the 18th pick. And that is possible. As I'm watching this game between Tampa Bay and and the uh, White Sox, Tampa had a f- five-run lead, and the White Sox made a comeback nine-nine. So as I'm watching, as I'm talking to you about uh, Detroit Lions, I'm watching baseball. I'm a sports guy, so I, I am everywhere. Sorry about that. So let's go back to Jamar Gibbs. Do I think they could have waited for Jamar Gibbs? Yes. Do I think that he would have been there? Probably not. Do I think that they should have kept Jamar uh, Williams? Probably. Should have kept Swift? Probably. Now, remember, I thought Detroit should have got this young man from from uh, uh, Georgia, 
And if I looked at my notes right, if I find this notes, Jalen Carter of Georgia. Now, I wanted Detroit to get this guy, and I'm going to tell you why. In 2022, he had 32 total tackles, 16 solo, tack so solo tackles, 16 assists, so he was there to help you out. So that's what he's there for, all right? Then he had three sacks. And then he had two forced fumbles. So it must have been between the tackles that he uh, forced a fumble. In 2021, he had 37 total tackles, 17 solo ta tackles, 20 assists, three sacks, and no forced fumbles. But still, you're giving up a guy that was going to be the elite, elite defensive end. You already had Hawkinson. Hutchinson. God, I can't pronounce anything right. Hutchinson. I'm getting Hawkinson and Hutchinson all mixed up in my head because I'm still watching this baseball game. It's the bottom and the ninth. Oh, my gosh. The White Sox came back. They just drilled a three-run home run off Tampa Bay. It is amazing. They came back to score. I think they scored. I think they scored seven runs in the bottom of the ninth. That is amazing. I, I, they, I won $23. All because the White Sox came back. It's amazing. All right, folks. Back to Detroit. I'm going everywhere. I'm so sorry. So. Now, this is the reason why, again, this is the reason why I wanted them to pick Jalen Carter for Georgia. Because I think you could have saved a draft pick of a linebacker by moving Hutchison as a linebacker, as a part-time linebacker. Now, I have to, I have to go, I, I'm going to go a little bit everywhere right now. And it, and I'm yeah, I'm gonna go everywhere right now. So 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 and pick eighteen for Detroit, they went and got an Iowa inside linebacker, Mr. Jack Campbell, uh the Buckus Award winner, uh a Dan Campbell kind of guy, a tough guy, a big guy. Uh someone's very there is a football guy. It's okay. Uh, 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 Detroit Lions had one of the worst uh, rushing defenses. They allowed about 5.22 yards per down, the third worst in the in uh, 22 season for in the NFL. But I did hear people tell me that Jack Campbell or Miss this young man Campbell, uh. He might have a little problem with speed if if they go outside if the running back goes outside the lines or keeping up with the tight ends or keeping up with the wide receivers or keeping up with their running backs that are coming from the backfield, so he might have a little problems, but that's not why we got him. We got him there to clog up the middle if if he's that good. 
he's going to learn how to play his position well. Now, by having a good defensive line and good cornerbacks, the work for everyone on the foot on this on, on the team might not be that difficult. Okay? May not be that difficult. So by saying that, I'm saying that if the cornerbacks do their job and cover the wide receivers and the tight ends, then Campbell and the linebackers can focus on uh uh, uh running backs and tackling them or based on the down if 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 the defensive line can get to, into the backfield the linebackers then will be able to cover the field and see where the t- where the uh offensive line I mean the offensive plays if it's a zone offensive play and the defensive line can get into the backfield it will make life easier for the linebackers so i get what Campbell's doing. Campbell's trying to fill that linebacker spot so that so that so that the defensive line doesn't feel so much pressure and get into the backfield. Because if you get guys that can, can tackle the running back or the tight end on the open field, that's key. You have to be able to tackle. You should be able to learn how to solo tackle. If you are always uh, dependent on tackling in a group, that creates a lot of problems for your defense. So by having a lot of these free agents that came in from the offseason, and now you have a linebacker like Campbell, he's going to clog up the middle. And by having these uh, uh defensive line guys like Hutchinson is going to make things a lot easier. All right? So, speaking of tight ends for Detroit, that was a hot... And I'm... Excuse me for a hot mess of explaining what I'm trying to talk about. But in round two, they say Detroit had the best round yet. So, round two, they get Mr. Sam Laporte which is kind of interesting. I have a patient that with that same name. And another Iowa guy, another tight end. He had uh, 111 receiving uh, in two years as a tight end. Uh, he loves, he's able to catch the football and run with the football even better than Hawkinson, apparently. Uh, he has over well, he has the second best receiving yards as a tight end with 1,780, 1,786. Uh, Detroit kind of needs this guy because of uh, the tight ends that we've given up through trades and so on and so forth. Uh, I do think that uh, we're relying too much on draft picks for tight ends, and we're kind of wasting our talent on tight ends. Now, I don't want nothing as bad to say about Laporte, Laporte. I think that's how you say his name, Laporte. It sounds French or something. But nothing against you. I just think Detroit doesn't need to always draft tight ends. And what they really should do 
what they really should do is basically keep the Titans, pay the Titans, so that you can have a better chance of picking up a defensive line guy. And speaking of the defensive line guy, in round in round two, pick number 45, they got Brian Branch. A safety from Alabama. Uh, they traded up three spots to get this young man. Uh, he's likely to start immediately. He uh, has a 98% coverage in tackles. So that means he's basically tackling the guy that he's covering 98% of the time. Uh, the Lions need as much help as possible, as you all know. Um, the Lions gave up 10 touchdowns and zero interceptions. And that's probably our weakest link right there. There's our safeties and cornerbacks and and uh, defensive backs. But again, with those uh, with those um, uh, 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 trades, we're looking somewhere nice. And uh, let, I mean, all right, well, let's be real. Uh, with having C.J. Gardner Johnson from from the Eagles, I mean, you you're going to want an an experienced players out there, especially for safeties and quarterbacks. And with Cameron Sutton and another guy from the Steelers, you got to. You just got to put more experienced players out there. That's something that you have to just rely on. You shouldn't rely on your rookies to do everything because you have to still develop the players. Everything's faster. Everything's quicker. Uh, the audibles are so much more precise in exactly where you're standing, where you're not standing, where the zone defense is. These guys are going to have to learn different play calls, different options, different reads, everything. So remember, if you're going to draft these new players, you can't think that they're going to be elite athletes right away. Again, we had, we, uh, we, uh, free agent had Emmanuel Mosley, uh, and another guy that is military, you know, it's an, that's a big question mark in itself. Really, Trey Young came from the 49ers. Uh, does he have the talent and skill? I can't tell you. I don't know. I just, I'm just a man who, who watches football and does my best as, as possible to understand it. Um, remember, Marvin Jones Jr. is back from Detroit. So going back to our notes, the last, the last pick that we made, and on draft, if I can find it, was a kid from North Carolina. And his name is, I almost want to say, oh, my gosh, I can't find it. Where is this kid's name? Oh, Antonio Green, North Carolina. Uh, again, Troy had problems with uh, uh guys that are gambling on the team. Remember, remember Chalk Jr. left and didn't want nothing to do with Detroit. <laughs> so, 
The other two guys, well, they weren't really receivers, but a Ricky Williams, the rookie or second-year wide receiver, Williams is going to be suspended for six games all because he wanted to gamble on games, on baseball or basketball or whatever. And now now we had to draft another receiver. So Antonio Green is uh, a deep threat, and that's kind of what we need. We need to open up the field. But we need a guy that can catch the ball in the open field. We need a guy that can that can that has hands, not just speed. And now we're gonna have to wait a little bit longer. So I know I'm hopping back and forth. So let's go back to round two. Now I came from round six or seven. I came back, yeah. So I came, I went from round seven to talk about the wide receiver because because of the BS stuff that happened in the offseason of uh, gambling. So let's go back to round two. And round two, we got a quarterback, uh, Hedden Hooker from Tennessee. And to tell you the truth, he's really just there for uh, for the future. Now, golf, this is golf's team right now. I like golf. I like golf even when we traded for him. I think he was just more I I just like his arm better than Stafford. I just like the fact that his uh that that Goff can throw the to the receiver without the receiver jumping in the air uh 5 inches too high and then our receivers get clobbered. That's something that Matthew Stafford had a lot of problems with. Say he would throw the football and either it went over the receiver's head, and we, and then he would throw an, an interception, or he would throw the ball a little bit too high, and then Calvin Johnson would, would uh, jump up for the ball and then get slaughtered on the way down. That's why you can barely walk when he was on the on the days the day after football games. So, Henry Hooker. Uh, He's got about 69% completions, had 3,135 yards last year, uh, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. He had 430 yards of rushing and five touchdowns. And to tell you the truth, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of interested about this draft pick because we need a quarterback with some movement because Goff, I mean, he's an old school ABC kind of guy. All right. He's going to stay in the pocket. He's not going to try to run outside the pocket. They run the boot route with Goff, and that's kind of why they got Goff in the, with a trade to open up the field for himself. Stafford didn't really do that so well. He didn't. He didn't like running, running the boot, and throwing outside the pocket. Not his cup of tea, unless he was being pressured. But with Hooker, I don't know. It could be, it could be a blessing in the sky. It could be a disguise in the sky. Um, 
again, I can't tell you if he's really great of uh, learning uh, the playbook. Um, we did have a, uh, Andre Ware in the 90s, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, he was really supposed to be our Randall Cunningham of 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 the 90s. Or even maybe uh uh Moon. God, I forget his name. Moon from the Oreos or from well so him running outside the pocket, I don't know. I don't know if this is gonna be the time for us to go after a a, a quarterback that has potential chance of of becoming a starter for Detroit. I I wouldn't be surprised if um, Detroit would trade him in a year for another draft pick if we needed another draft pick, depending on how well we do. Um, but uh, saying that, uh, Detroit also round three, and this is really sloppy of me the way I'm doing this, so I don't know about if I'm going to air this, but... In round three, pick 96, we had Roderick Martin, defensive tackle again, from West Kentucky. Now 6'5", 337 pounds, uh, 31 tackles, 1.5 sacks. Uh, wasn't invited to, Cal- to, uh, to, to the NFL combine. Uh, it seems like the Detroit Lions really like this kid. I would question his uh uh competition to be honest with you. I uh, I think from coming from West Kentucky, you're not going to be playing against the elite off uh the elite uh offense line guys. I don't know and again, I just question the competition's capability of running in between the tackles uh the offensive line of the other team that he plays against, protecting the quarterback, I, 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 I can't really tell you. So, again, another pick for round five, Kobe Swordstill, offensive tackle from William & Mary, 6'6", 301 pounds, has, 400, uh, has four, 46 Carrillo's starts, uh, again, another guy that, you know, I can't tell you one way or another. I just don't see how a an athlete with little experience of, of, uh, of, uh, competition against elite, uh, teams like Oklahoma, Oregon, Alabama, LSU, if you're not playing against those teams, I don't know how you could rate a player to and how well he's going to be. Uh, again, if you were to look at the first draft pick and the second draft pick, I mean, if Detroit picked Jan, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Jalen Carter and then maybe picked up an offensive line guy that Detroit didn't even look at. I can't tell you one way or another. 
But uh, you know, I don't. I don't know. I just don't know about that pick. I just think it's just a little weird. So, and then of course we have Antonio Green, wide receiver. I've already talked about him. Uh, same thing, Detroit. Had they had a waste to pick because the situation that they had with uh, the receivers who are leaving or have been free agents and so on and so forth, guys who've been kicked off the team because they couldn't understand that gambling is illegal. So there you have it. There is my stuff. Little little off key. Little doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, everything that you need to know about Detroit draft pick. Do I think Campbell did a good job? Do I think the, the organization of the of Detroit Lions did a good job? Time will tell. Time will tell. And uh, I mean, look, if Detroit can, if Detroit can stop the running game from going from an average of 5.22 yards per down to like 3.1, then your draft pick is doing pretty well. And then if your running game is sufficient, I mean, I I can't argue with them. I, I don't know if I like this. I don't know. I like it and I don't like it, I guess. So... I'm going to end it like that. I'd like to thank the White Sox for uh, covering my spread. <laughs> so, uh, again, we talked about baseball, the rules, uh, what I wish they would change. Uh, I went back and forth from the NFL draft from Detroit Lions to the Tampa Bay Rays. That was totally unorganized and complex to my listeners. Uh, i like to thank everyone others listening, first-time listeners, come back. Uh, if you have any questions about um, my so-called disability or so-called struggle with life, um, contact me, uh, ask me questions. I'll try to explain things to you. If you have kids who are younger, who have some form of cerebral palsy or stroke, um, be free to make contact with me. I Try to give you the best advice possible. Uh, thank you, Spotify. Thank you, uh, Apple Podcasts. Thank you, Buzzsprout, for distributing, uh, distributing, distributing my stuff. As you can tell, I'm getting tired of talking. Talked for about 43 minutes straight. Uh, peace, love. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Spread the word. I'm out of here. <laughs>